Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 52, Girl Power. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the Power of Change Worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, I have some special guests here today in studio. One of them is uh, hilariously laughing uh, and almost giggling because of my intro. I guess she's never heard it in headphones before. That's my daughter, Kayla Joy. You want to say hello, giggler? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I have my two teenage daughters uh, here with me today, uh, Kyleen Jordan, who is 15, going on 16, and that's correct, right? You're making make me look like I don't know her age. Come on, I was there when y'all was born. And then Kayla Joy uh, Monahan, who's 17, they'll introduce themselves uh, to you in a moment. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're called Girl Power today, but a little bit more is that uh, about a week ago, a little over a week ago now, Kayla and I returned from um, 10 days in Guatemala in uh, a town called Shela. What's the uh, the other name that the Guatemalans don't use? Quetzaltenango? Is that how you say it? Uh, Quetzaltenango, I believe, but it, that's the region. Shela is a city in the region. Got it. Well, <laughs> I was on a trip real talk for a second with 21 females and uh there was a dude on the trip one dude and that was me so socially a different experience for me to be in such a uh estrogen filled kind of community um i was kind of like the team dad i suppose i helped out with the coaching clinic but also kind of the team muscle watching out for the girls when they were kind of blissfully unaware of people looking at them and catcalling them and i was ready to kill some folk uh but it was great it was a very safe city we had a great time kaylee you want to summarize or introduce yourself first uh tell us who you are a little about you know for our for our listeners for the undergrounders out there uh and then you know summarize our trip uh in in the way that i know you will be up to the task uh yeah so i'm kayla um i'm 17 years old I go to Blacksburg High School, and I'm a rising senior there, so looking forward to the whole... College the, application process. Yeah, which I will admit I'm a bit of a nerd, and I've already written half my essays, but um, I love playing soccer, just like most of my family, and I love to write, um, and I've been working on a book since sixth grade that maybe will get published when I'm 62, um, and yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I um, have a great opportunity to go on this trip. It was with a joint effort of Canadians and Americans from um, all parts of both of those countries. Um, so French-speaking, non-French-speaking. And I would say they know our geography and states much better than we know their provinces. I was a little ashamed of myself that I didn't know where all these places were for in Canada. I wasn't ashamed. I was just blissfully unaware because I had no idea. They're like, yeah, I'm from this part and this part and this part. And I was like... Uh, I had no idea you even You're like, had is it that. cold there? Is that the cold <laughs> part? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but so it was a range of ages, um, all high school girls, um, with a bunch of, um, leaders in their twenties and early thirties. Um, and we got to go with, um, a lady who's actually moving there in August to be there full time. Cause she lived there before to work, to help, um, English speaking children, um, in schools there but we got to go to help run soccer camps for girls um of ages 15 to about 25 i would say and then we got to go to a camp i mean a school the last day um where we got to just run camps for a bunch of little kids and so in that area um well and just in general that part of the world female soccer 
is, um, let's just say it's not very encouraged. So males are always given the first opportunity to play and usually the only opportunity to play, particularly in an organized fashion. And so we were really able to go and kind of like my dad mentioned earlier, they were running, running coaching clinics to help really teach coaches how to coach females, encourage them that girls actually can play sports and should play sports and that there are multiple benefits to girls playing sports. Um, and at the same time, we got to interact with these girls. We actually got to coach some of it, which was an amazing experience, getting to run drills with translators, half translating for ourselves. We had no idea what we were saying half the time, which they thought was delightful. Um, and really getting to not just teach them, but learn from these girls, just how privileged we are and just how much you really can love a sport and how much joy the game that a lot of us have taken for granted since we were little can really mean to a person. And so it was just an amazing experience to see all these faces light up every day as we got more sunburnt daily um, and just enjoying our time with them. So, I mean, a prime example of their confidence growing was the first day when they got there, they were all late. Um, They were in a huddle, like backs towards us, like totally talking to each other. A little nervous. Terrified, like terrified of us. And then our girls too were nervous. We didn't really know what to expect. They're like our age. Um, but at a very different level physically, we didn't know athletically where they were. Um, we didn't know if any of them spoke English, which most of them did not. Um, and it was just nerve wracking for everyone. But by the last day of the girls went on their own initiative, got soccer balls, we're shooting, Mm -hmm. we're laughing, we're playing. Um, and we got to go jump in with them. And then before we did their organized tag and then warm up and stuff. And it was just really neat to see how soccer had just brought them so much joy but also how much confident just as females um in that world that we were able to just give them um but also learn from them and take that for ourselves yeah and our team uh internally some of the older women with the the organization we're with athletes in action which my wife and i casey and i used to uh, be on staff with that organization uh they were input in giving input spiritually biblically into the life of the girls and then our girls also had the, the opportunity to share testimonies in the gospel uh with with the campers and the kids which was really fun fun for me to see you kind of speak in front of people after we, we played a, a semi-professional team uh, which is kind of a good level. Our high school team, they beat us, but high school girls playing their their pro- professional uh, level was probably the right kind of matchup. But really proud of you uh, watching you share uh, with with the kids and even within our team share the gospel it was really encouraging. So one of the things that uh, that I experienced like never before is riding on a bus with you know twenty women. Uh, screaming songs uh, from artists that I listen to often, like Selena Gomez. Uh, I learned a new song called Who Says, Who Says, Who Says, or something, man. It was like right in my ear, <laughs> really loud. And one of the things I noticed was the differences between girls and boys. And in fact, so much, though, that those in the world who, who might say there are no differences between boys and girls, I now think they're, they are an insane person. Uh, and I mean that because it was so shockingly different, specifically sports culture as well. Um, I really enjoyed watching female sports culture because it was refreshing for a dude. Um, a girl's sports culture has lots of hugs. 
uh, lots of support for teammates, like really supportive of each other, helping each other, believing for each other, helping each other kind of have confidence. Uh, nap time was different. We watched the Women's World Cup final uh, and the girls were all sleeping on and off. during The, the floor was yeah. like a carpet of females. <laughs> yes. He like came in and he was like, tell me when the goals happen and walked out because it was just girls <laughs> overlapping with girls, coaches, girls, laying, everything. Laying on each other. It's like there was no get off of me <laughs> uh, stuff that you probably heard from guys. This kind of communal lounging. It was just crazy. And so um, one of the things I really enjoyed was seeing um a different perspective on sport um and how it really shapes community and i really noticed that amongst our team of of ladies um i did have a desire uh one of the mornings i i was asked to share a devotional and i just prayed lord what do you want me to share with girls and i thought what i'd want to share with my own daughters if i had one shot so to speak i've had a lot of opportunity to share things with uh, these two i'm looking at right now over the years but uh, so I just shared a simple devotional uh, that, that, that told the girls that they're valued by God, they're loved and accepted by God, and then they're unleashed or, or set free uh, to be all that God wants them to be uh, because of the sun sets you free, Jesus, right? You're free indeed. And so I was thinking a lot about raising daughters. Um, now, these two with me today in studio are somewhat raised. They're young women now. They're not... Uh, they're not two anymore, and, and you know we're going to get emotional saying that, that in, in each other's presence. But um, I wanted to have them here today because I wanted to interview them about being fathered. Now, you guys know out there uh, in these uh, in the woods and the borderlands between uh, church and culture, uh, we talk a lot about the formative aspects of uh, people in other people's lives, and certainly. Uh, one of the episodes you can look back on the Gospel Underground was called Dad Up, which was calling men to be fathers. And so specifically today, we're going to talk about fathering daughters. And so, girls, what I'm going to do uh, is share just a few principles that I believe in, that I've tried to uh, implement in raising girls. And then I'm going to just interview you guys and let you talk uh, about your experience. Now, it's a little vulnerable. We, we were joking before we started if how you know we'll probably have conflict afterwards and we'll cry and 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 I'll feel good and bad about my fathering but um I've told them they can say whatever they want there's no filters today we're just going to l- open up our lives so to speak uh, about uh, father daughter relationships which I have found uh uh one of the best gifts uh in my life in fact uh, every guy jokes particularly rec- wrestling coaches how they're going to have all girls because, you know, they would, you know, torture their sons in wrestling practice or something. But, you know, the two girls for us came first, then the little dude came last. And I was like, man, I'm not going to know how to father a boy uh, because I fell in love with these little girls uh, coming up. And now they're here with me today. Uh, But anyway, here's a few principles, guys. If you're fathering, and and I want to say, get a head start on this because I think it's very important that you start as young as possible fathering girls because there are going to be times in life later where they may won't talk to you if they haven't talked to you since they're two. Um, so here, here, here are my quick principles and we'll get to the actual good stuff here with the interview. But my principles were the importance for raising daughters. The first one was presence. Now this is important for boys or girls, but I think uh, young girls are very relational. 
Uh, and so they want you to be with them. I remember getting on the floor with my little girls because they want to tell me that the washcloths they're folding were mommies and daddies, and I needed to learn where they're from. And Kayla had a family in Chicago when she was little. Um, I don't know where that came from, but she did. Um, almost made me believe in reincarnation, but then again, I, I remember that false doctrine. But anyway, uh, getting on the floor with the kids and talking to them and listening to them. That second principle, presence, you got to be there listening. Um, I've found, and I think there are uh, studies that have found that uh, ladies have a lot of words. Um, even the less talkative ones still have a lot of words, and uh, they will give them to you as a dad. Some dads check out, some guys just get up and leave the room or turn on Sports Center. Uh, but I've found that listening to those words builds relationship and trust, really. Um, and by listening, I mean a third principle I mean attention. Look at people's faces. Uh, don't just look at your phone. Uh, turn off the TV. These kinds of attention. I found over the years giving attention to my girls uh, to be a, a wonderful relationship builder. And I also realized uh, and told them this, that there's going to be other people trying to give them attention in life. So I wanted to I want to be there first. Um, fourth, uh, praise, um, affirmation. Um, I think um, as girls grow and get older, there can be an uncertainty that can come into their hearts uh, and, and they can travel with all of us, of course. Uh, but I made sure as a father to tell my girls uh, when they did well, things that I saw in their character in many ways, whether that's Christmas letters. You can listen to episode 10 of the Gospel Underground, I think, on Christmas letters, uh, trying to praise uh, these young women for who they are and who God made them to be. So presence, listen, attention, praise. Uh, fifth principle I want to give you is reaffirming presence. In other words, there will be things that stress a relationship uh, with one another over time. Uh, maybe you fight. You know, I've never fought with any, either one of these girls. I'm just kidding. We have. Um, or a misunderstanding or feelings getting hurt. Um, and I've found in those moments to not pull away, even though that's my tendency in my personality is to take my ball and go sulk. I found that reaffirming my presence uh, to them and them to me. Uh, has continued kind of relationship over time. So those are uh, the principles you get for free. This is not a published book or anything, but that's uh, some of the things I've tried to do with uh, parenting daughters. So now let's get to the, the good stuff. Um, Kylie, how about you give us a little introduction of yourself? We heard Kayla likes to write books uh, and play soccer. Tell us a little bit about you, age, name, rank, serial number. Uh, why don't you go for it? <laughs> okay. Um, my name's Kylie. I'm a rising sophomore, and I also go to Blacksburg High School. I love soccer very much, and um, I guess fun fact, I also really enjoy ice skating. I don't do it very often, but I really enjoy it when I get the chance. And, and, and what were you doing yesterday in your free time in the kitchen? Math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like um, math and school a bit, um, so a yeah. little bit yeah. of a nerd here, but I really do enjoy figuring out problems and yeah, math yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I love it. Summertime, by the way, in uh, in the America so if you're listening from Canada or Australia, uh, summertime, their kids are not in school. So she's, as a leisure activity, was doing like trigonometry, I think, yesterday. Yeah. Which was, uh, which was awesome. So, okay. Now you guys, you just you pass the mic back and forth. Um, you can take these as they come. But I do want both of you to kind of engage all these questions. Um, first one is when you think of what you need from dad right okay what just comes to mind what, what do i need from dad or a dad uh, what comes to your mind just kind of stream of consciousness i mean i think 
most importantly for me is just someone who I can talk to about deep things or what I'm thinking about or little things that I just encounter day to day. I just really like having somebody to talk to. And so I know I just had a trip with dad to Memphis, um, Tennessee to visit his mom, my grandma. We had 10 hours in the car uh, there and back, which I had, we had some really good conversations and I really enjoyed that. Introduced me so to some new music. Um, <laughs> forget the artist, but it was awesome. Alec Benjamin, I think. Uh, Alec yeah. Benjamin. Maybe we'll throw us now. We'd have to ask him for copyright permission to throw someone of his songs on our podcast, or we could just be like these other podcasts. Just steal music. You shouldn't steal music. Yeah, it was great. L- listening to music. And then we also were talking. Ky- Kylene's been engaging with some friends who don't believe the same things. Uh, and so we've been having some really good intellectual conversations as well. So I really, really enjoyed that too, Kai. What about you, Kayla? What comes to mind? What do you need from dad? Um, I mean, as I'm sitting here, thank you, listen to Kai. I was jokingly thinking, well, gas money doesn't hurt <laughs> um, on the occasion. But no, I think over the years, what I need from dad has definitely changed. Um, like from when you're little, yeah. five-year-old to you know, yeah. almost going to college, yeah. Um, but I think consistently something that has stayed the same is, um, I need someone kind of like I said a little bit to ask questions of, um, whether that is something as simple as, you know, what's for dinner or, um, something a little bit deeper. Um, how do I handle this situation, um, with my friends? Because I don't know what to do anymore because this is getting really out of control. Um, and I think when I was younger, um, because I'll never forget this story, um, when I don't remember it, but he's told it a thousand times when I was really little, um, I was obsessed with light switches. Um, and I was like, you were obsessed with everything. Okay. Yeah. I was really <laughs> curious. That hasn't really changed. Um, but I was playing the light switch, trying to turn it on and off. And you know, when you find the middle where it's like half on half off. Um, and I was like asking, why does it do that? So my dad, being the physics nerd he is, um, literally explained exactly how a light switch worked. Not just like turning a switch on and off, but like how a light switch worked. Um, And my, what, three-year-old self had no idea what an electron even was um, or electricity or a charge or anything, literally anything. But he explained all of that to us. And he's always taken that approach Um, with just about everything in life if we have a question he's not going to dumb it down he's not going to act like we are little fools and look down on us he's truly going to answer us and be there um, regardless of what it is and it's not I'm not scared to tell my dad anything there's no judgment I'm trying not to make stupid decisions but even if I do I know that I have a place where I can come and be safe and we can try to fix whatever happened together. And if there's nothing to do, then he's willing to cry with me, hold me, and then we move on together as a team. And so I would say just having that team aspect of the family and like having my dad there, um, I guess would be the biggest thing I've need that has stayed consistent and probably never will. Yeah. And also I was just thinking just there when Kayla's talking about um, dumbing things down, I wanted to say like, Dad's never really done that, especially even when, like, I was younger, like, six, seven, eight range. Like, you say a word that I don't understand, but instead of just, like, never using that word again, just describe it in different terms. And so then now I know a new word. Or in complex explanations of things, you still give the complex explanation, but then afterwards you explain it a little bit more. And, you know, when your kids have good questions, you should answer them, right? And if you don't know, you go read something or figure it out. Tell them you don't know and you go get back to them. Well, um, 
one of the things that I think every father, hello men out there, if you're a father, you know this, right? You feel inadequate. You feel intimidated. You feel like, how am I going to do this? You know that kids are going to be in therapy someday and they're going to be like, my dad didn't love me right. Um, so it's a little intimidating being a dad. Um, so just in case you guys um, out there are wondering, it's like, wow, Reed sounds like a good dad. Well, jury's out always on that. But uh, I was going to ask this next question so uh, you guys can see <laughs> uh, the reality. So this one will be easy for the girls. So second question, uh, when do I frustrate you uh, and, and why? Why is this frustrating? So uh, again, um, don't pull any punches. You do, do how you like to do this, but uh, keep it real. All right, I'll go first. Um, I think so. If you haven't guessed by now, I'm the chatty one of the house. And I really, I externally process anything that comes into my brain via my hand on a paper or via my mouth. And when I'm in the house, it's usually my mouth. And so uh, I think times when my dad has frustrated me would be when I am just bursting with something. It might be silly. It might be serious. Um and usually it hurts more when it's serious. Um, and I want to tell someone. And so for me, because my dad and I are close, I want to tell my dad. Um, especially if you just go back from a trip and I just really want to see him and tell him everything. And all he wants to do is sit on the couch and take a nap, which he's earned. He 100% has earned that nap. But I um, can get really hurt when he doesn't pay attention to me um, and or doesn't you know, even pretend to listen to my ramblings about even just the silliest thing. Like, I mean, what I did with my friends last night or something. Um, but I think that would probably be the biggest thing that causes tension between us. Um, and when he points out my flaws, but I know I need to hear them. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I think for me, there's, there's two, I would say that really frustrate me to a de certain degree. One's much less. But, so I, we talked about this the other day, but mostly if I have something on my mind and I'm really frustrated and tired and I'm like, it's because of, and then I get cut off for something and then I, then he says something and then I try to finish my sentence and then I say a totally different thing just because I'm frustrated and then I never get my point across and then the conversation ends and I'm very frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Kylene and I have a problem of escalating. We escalate on each other pretty quickly. Like she really is, you know, wanting to explain why the dishes weren't done. And I just almost say, well, I don't care why it's not done. You just didn't do it. And then she gets frustrated, says something to me. And then I get hurt. Then I want to take my ball home. And we just ramp up this emotional negativity. And uh, it bothers us both a lot. So we, we were talking about this in the car the other day. In a calm moment. That's a, a conflict resolution tip for you guys out there. In a calm moment, when you're listening to Isaac Benjamin or whatever his name is, and everyone's at peace, talk about your conflicts. But yeah, go ahead, Kai. That, that's, uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, the second one would probably be... Sometimes you get a little bit passive aggressive with us, I would say, which is pretty frustrating, especially when you're not really aware of it. So you try to deny the passive aggressiveness, but it's clear to yep, when the I'm others a, around. When I'm being a martyr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so tired. I just had this long trip like no one else had a long trip because everyone and everyone else got ice cream and there's no ice cream for me because I was forgotten all the time. <laughs> and this is a little thing. But my mom and I both have this thing where if you chew, do not chew near us 
because I can't deal with the sound men, of chewing. Men, <laughs> this is a comment of women talking about how you chew your food. Go, continue. Oh, yes. No, it's a, it's, it's a real thing. And he likes to chew with his teeth, and you can always hear his teeth, even if his mouths are closed. But um, that's something I've had to grow in patience. But at the same time, he does know that it drives me nuts. And so especially if I'm already on edge, he will sometimes like... Treat it as entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will be entertaining for him. And then it takes me a little while to like uh, yeah. get over that. But it's okay. That's just, some, just something that popped into my head. Purge me. I should be purged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, I hope I hope you guys are out there hearing that, like not listening uh, or cutting people off. You know, parents do this a lot where you have an opinion on something, but you don't let other people at least articulate their own thoughts and opinions, and you just kind of shut it down. Um, I think that's rough for uh, girls and boys raising them, but I think it's particularly rough on girls because they want to talk to you. And I have talked to other fathers who have now teenage daughters, and their daughters will not talk to them about anything. And I think, uh, one, lack of presence when they're very young, and shutting it down uh, too much, too many. I think young girls will learn, I can't talk to this guy. He's aloof. He's distant. He's not in it with me. And then later on, when they probably do need to talk to each other, fathers and daughters, they don't talk. And then, you know, other people are talking. Other people are in the program. So... Not good, guys. Not good. Okay, third question. Um, and if anything else frustrating comes to mind, please share it later on. I do need to grow. Um, number three, <laughs> what do you sense needing uh, from me? I, I was joking with Kylene before we started. It's like, with fathering, what do you what do you like about it? She goes, well, I've only had one dad. Um, but what do you sense needing in the future as you get older, you grow up, grow up? Or which one wants to go first on that one? They're pointing at each other. Okay. Well, I, I think I, the question means is that you're, what do we feel like we're going to need when we're older in the future? When you're 16, 17, yeah. 18, the 19, The word sensing throws yeah. off, but yeah. that's okay. Does that yeah. make more sense? Yeah. Okay, good. What do you think you <laughs> Yeah. What do you anticipate? Um, I anticipate. Uh, no, in college, um, which is something a season of life that I'm looking towards now and starting to really kind of hit me as a reality um, of this next stage of life coming up very, very quickly, um, is being able to have access to my dad still, especially in academic classrooms with varying opinions, um, with varying strong opinions, particularly coming from professors of wherever I end up. Um, and even classmates and peers and things like that. So I think having access to my dad um, and his wealth of knowledge and his background and um, even sometimes just his logic to snap me out of my emotional tizzies um, is something I'm definitely going to need, but also... And, and, and gentlemen, that is a very, very dangerous thing to try to do is snap out of an emotional tizzy using logic. It, it sometimes needs to be done. And men, that sometimes is our role. Um, sometimes it also means that you just need to let me cry. That's right. There's both. And if you make a mistake, duck, run, and cover. Continue. <laughs> and then come back later right. when she's calm. That's anyway. Right. That's right. Like reaffirm presence. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but I also think um, as I kind of hit senior year and in the next couple years that um, our new dynamic to our relationship is going to change um, in regards to needing more space and needing more freedom. So since I've had my license, I've definitely, my parents have been really generous and like we've really worked out as a family really well ways for me to kind of branch out more on my own and have my own 
life, but being gas money, uh, the gas money is helpful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it's as simple as that and as complicated as that with different schedules and things like that and making sure that I have time to go to do this for soccer, to do this with friends, to do this with school. Um, but to kind of just realize that like my decisions are going to be my own and that if I want advice, I can ask for it. Um, and I know I will ask for it, but that, um, he's not obligated to tell me anything anymore. Um, and that not, not that I don't want him to tell me things and still want to engage with him, but at the same time, just for both of us to kind of wrestle with, okay, now I'm more on my own. What does this really mean? I think you're going to be the top two things in the next eh, five to six years. So, all right. So, yeah, I think for me, it's probably going to be increasing the number of deeper conversations we're probably going to be having. Just because recently, like we said earlier, I've had like been thinking about a lot of things recently. And I've had we've had two really long conversations. And I think we'll in the future, I'll probably call you up and talk about the contingency of the finite universe a little bit more. Yeah. Um, contingency and necessity. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as I get older and encounter, like Kayla said, more people and more very strong willed and voiced opinions in the world. And even though I know my own internally, sometimes expressing those verbally to other people I struggle with. So I think I'll be hitting you up for that a lot more. Awesome. Awesome. We have come to an agreement as a family, too, that if if uh, if someday grandchildren are in the picture, that that I will be called dude, bro. No, by (laughs) not happening. That's no. This is this is the male gameplay in the house that my son has named me, not grandpa Reed, but dude, bro. And I'm all in. But the girls have yet to be persuaded. Yeah, we'll see who has kids first. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, Speaking of children. We're not rushing that. Don't worry. That's good. That's very good. (laughs) All right. My last question that I did not uh, mention to you is that how does a dad, young, when you're young and even now and into the future, how does a father prepare young women for interacting with males? Um, And let's say men as well, but males, young men, there's a difference. You guys know that knucklehead men. Um, how, How, how does, if you could give a word out to the young dad, how, and in what ways does um, uh, does does a guy prepare you for that? So to the young dads out there, especially if you have little girls, um, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, you are her hero. You um, meet, are going to mean so much to her and the way that you choose to live your life, interacting with her. And interacting with your spouse, interacting with your friends at your house, your, you know, her little playmates growing up, all of those things will make an impact on her. The way that you treat women will teach her how women, how she believes women ought to be treated. And I don't say that lightly. I had a guy recently say to me that he wanted to help me grow and learn and that he could teach me all these things and that I was pessimistic about relationship. And I took a moment in my head and was like, hold on, let's think about this for a second. Um, Because, and I was able to respond to him because um, I've grown up in a house with not perfect, but with pretty close to Prince Charming and Cinderella. Um, And again, not perfect by any means and no, no complete fairy tale, but the way my dad is mom is hardly a Cinderella. She's more with cleats on, but go ahead. That's true. No, I, I, I mean that in the sense that, um, I've seen how 
a husband and wife can truly love each other, truly serve each other. I think my dad being very conscious of that will even from little age up would be like, hey, girls, this is what a guy should do for you someday. This is how you should treat a guy. The way he's raised my brother has also been very intentional. Look, you you listen to your sisters. You listen to your mother. You treat them with respect. You do never disrespect a woman. Um, and things like that, that especially at a young age, will truly make an impact. And if you have more than one kid, they will learn from each other as you parent them. Um, you guys have done a good job with Tommy as well, teaching him kind of, you know, and even correcting some of my uh, re- bad male behavior with him. <laughs> I mean, we do our best, but, um, I, I truly believe that it's a family effort to raise girls, but that you have a very strong impact on that growth and development, especially when they're young, especially when they're young, talk about my little ponies with them because when they're 17, 18 and they want to talk about this boy walking in the door and they truly want your honest opinion, that needs to matter more to them than any other teenage boy's opinion ever could. Um, and affirming their self-worth, affirming... Because teenage boys are not emotionally mature enough to care for the hearts of a young w- young woman. I've never heard that <laughs> before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, even catchphrases like that my dad has been using since I was like 12 years old um, will stick with me. And they'll stick with me to college as I look to, you know, find a husband someday. And um, I think that that example that you have... And that's not to put pressure on you. You're allowed to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. But by being honest about those mistakes and being vulnerable and um, for um, being humble enough to ask for forgiveness is also really important. And I think that just remembering that you're an example and that the way girls are wired and the way that our self self image is wired um, will, you know, not entirely, but mostly come to rest on how you treat them and how you love them and how you love the people around you. And so that's not to scare you, but that is something that's very serious and you have to have to take seriously yeah and I think just to add to that what I I, what's brought to my mind is in the sound of music when there's the song you're 16 going on 17 and Rolf is telling this girl like how she needs someone and she's like I need someone too and what's really depicted well in that movie I think is how she doesn't have a father who's present with her and she doesn't she hasn't grown up with someone who she can talk to and rely on and look up to. And so sometimes, a lot of times, girls who've grown up without that presence want to look to some teenage boy knucklehead, as my dad would say. (laughs) Um, And so they end up getting wound up in all of the drama and caring about people who are going to break their hearts. And that's because the, the presence of the father wasn't there when they were younger and through their teenage years. Yeah, and I think... um when guys do come around uh, being a, a safe place, I know I don't want to make too many jokes or be silly uh, if there are young men that are, you know, around my girls because, you know, there are good ones out there and, and I want to affirm that and I don't want to embarrass uh, my my girls by excessively nicknaming the boys that are interested, which I might have done. All right. Um, we won't get into any of that. In specifics, because uh, girls are turning red. All right. Okay. Last question, and uh, and we'll wrap up our uh, girl power podcast. Um, should a father be wrapped around the little finger of a daughter? Yes or no? Elaborate. Definitely, that's a no for me. Um, I think it's very important, especially when I was three and when daughters are younger. I think that's very important to say no 
to tell them no you don't want to be completely in the thrall of the, your little five-year-old <laughs> because you're going to be a brat <laughs> you create monsters <laughs> and then you're never going to be able to really have a true say or be really um get that respect from your daughter if you're just i'm giving you whatever you want baruch assault and uh <laughs> charlie and the chocolate factory lots of movie references today um but you become such a they they don't understand that you are warrant respect from them because you've always just given them whatever they want so they see you as just you're the person who gives me stuff the goose that lays the golden egg <laughs> your dad first and a friend second um, I think that that's something that's been very clear with my dad and with my mom as well, um, as with my parents, that I'm not trying to manipulate them. I'm not expecting to be able to manipulate them. Um, I know that if I have a differing opinion, I can respectfully come back with that opinion. I will be heard. But that does not mean that I am allowed to do whatever I want, um, nor honestly what I want to, because I know that they want what's best for me. And I think... Um, that dads should be generous and should love their children and should give them good gifts, um, just like our Father in Heaven does for us. But that does not mean that, I mean, like Kai said, children do not run your lives. Um, it, technically, you'll run theirs, at least till they're 10, and then you'll be running that race with them, um, which is a little bit different but very similar still. And so I think that there definitely needs to be um, that respect, needs to be put in place young. Discipline is very important. Um, and should not be neglected. Um, thank, I thank God that I was disciplined as a child every day. Let's just put it that way. My daughters have seen the results of kids running wild in this world. And we they, have babysat they those children. Like we have been up till three in the morning with those children babysitting <laughs> before. Um, no, but I, I think, yeah, discipline is crucial. So I think in the sense that should dads be devoted to their daughters and be willing to love them in the midst of anything? Yes. But sometimes that love does not always look like hugs and kisses. It comes um, through the goods and the bads. And that's where the presence aspect, I think, of those five that my dad has kind of said, um, whether that's in conflict or whether that's in peace, needs to be there. Um, and whenever form that can take, wherever you can be present, you need to be present. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going to close with some disagreement because I think you're both nuts. I think a father should be wrapped all the way around his daughter's little finger willfully and joyfully. At least I am. Uh, but you guys never ask for things that are wrong or inappropriate. So it makes it very easy to send you money and to say yes for more time and an app on your phone. Uh, and do whatever it takes to uh, make you happy. Well, not whatever. You guys spoke to that very well. But I am proudly wrapped around your fingers. Anything you need and that you actually need, I'm all in on that. Any final words or parting shots, parting thoughts, uh, final movie references uh, that you might have as we close with Girl Power? Like I said, I like to talk, so I guess I'll end a little bit. Um, I would say that Learning from other fathers around you, both good and bad, is something that's very important. It's something it's been an honor for me to watch my dad both learn from other dads, um, but at the same time teach other dads. Um, and having a little kid, two-year-old, screaming in my house when I'm eight years old, and my dad telling another dad to, hey, you need to go deal with that, um, <laughs> is something I will never forget. <laughs> Um, but, but looking back is something that makes me, you know, proud of my dad. Um, and so I think don't isolate yourself. Don't go into your own head about your insecurities and, um, your inadequacies as a father, 
but surround yourself with godly men who are trying to father the same way as you in honor of your father. And so I think that's something not to be taken lightly. And I think that, you know, working with your wife as well is very important to, you know, get feedback from her and see what she thinks you're doing well and what you're not doing well with your, with your daughters. Cause she knows girls probably a little better than you do. And so I think those are just some simple, more practical things is just being open to learn about the best way to love your kids. All right. Final word, Kyleen. Mine's not going to be quite as in depth, but I think <laughs> that, um, when your girls get a little bit older, like Kayla and I now, or the past several years, it's really important to have good conversations about, what you each other are feeling and thinking about because otherwise you might think that you know her really well and something totally different is going on in her head and you would never know and maybe they are not she's not pulling away from you but she's just not articulating that to you and you didn't think to ask and so then all of a sudden something blows up in your face and you don't or three four or five years go by with oh what happened and Kylene, you're getting something that's actually in the literature about the inner life of teenage girls. That uh, if you're not asking, if you're not engaged, uh, and time goes by, there's a whole lot happening. Uh, in fact, if we could animate it, it'd probably be pretty, uh, pretty wild and scary for at least for men. <laughs> Any uh, final movie references? No, I think I'm good. Nothing about Spider-Man or um, what's the guy's name? What's the actor's name? Tom Holland. Don't even get me started. Tom Holland. You think he's cute. All right. The Gospel (laughs) Underground is a joint production of Power of Change in the Bonhoeffer House. Review us on iTunes. Five stars only are acceptable. Send your comments, feedback, or questions that you have for Kayla Joy and Kylie Monahan to info at gospelunderground.org. We are dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture where your daughters are being raised and rolling out in the world. We hope to see you out there. Peace. Peace. Bye. We out.